You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film in TV news, this is mostly an update on the future of the DC film universe. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Editor Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, gearing up for the holidays. Uh, are you doing anything cool or special for the holidays, Ben? Um, not special. Both my family and my wife's family live near us, so it'll be nice just to take a breather, spend some time with them. But uh, yeah, we're not like going anywhere or doing any- anything big. Yeah, same. I, I think I'm hoping to spend a bunch of it at the movies, catching up on some of the year-end stuff that I haven't seen. Nice. Uh, but uh, let, let's get into it. So today we're, we're talking about the future of DC films, the DC universe. Is, is there like a, a thing, like are we calling this the DCU? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, I think, I think it was rebranded to the DCU, yes. Which is funny because the DCEU is like something invented by the media and then it was just adopted <laughs> by everybody yep. uh yeah uh i'm not sure if people are are tired of this yet because we've had a bunch of updates on what what is going on in the dcu uh but i'm sure you know over the next couple months we're going to be getting a lot more so hopefully you're interested uh so as you know james gunn and pete saffron are now heading up the new dc slate over at warner brothers 
and uh, they've come in and they've reorganized. Uh, James Gunn is writing a Superman movie that he might not direct or he might direct. Who knows? And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about what happened with Wonder Woman and uh, all that. Uh, so we're starting to see the fallout of other projects. So one of those projects is the Dwayne Johnson Black Adam movies or movie, I should say, I guess. Uh, Dwayne Johnson tweeted out. Um, oh, uh, OK, well, so he, he, he made a tweet uh, uh, on Twitter. He had this tweet where it's actually like one of those long like notes that he screenshotted and I'll I'll read it to you. My passionate friends, I wanted to give you a a long awaited Black Adam update. By the way, I love how it's a long awaited, even though the movie came out two weeks ago like October (laughs) okay it was that long ago okay uh regarding the character's feature in the new DC universe James Gunn and I connected and by the way uh, Ben what do you think that means do you think they actually had an in-person meeting or do you think it was like a phone call or email yeah it it doesn't sound like they had a big sit down but who knows yeah uh and black adam will not be in the first chapter of storytelling however dc and seven bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways black adam can be utilized in the future dc multiverse chapters we'll talk about this in just a bit uh james and i have known each other for years and have always rooted for each other to succeed it's no different now and i will always root for dc and marvel to win and win big you guys know me and i have a very thick skin and you can always count on me to be direct with my words by the way it's so funny that he he thinks he has a thick skin but he (laughs) when people criticize him he tends to, to lash out on twitter oh yeah uh, okay, anyways, uh, <laughs> these decisions, and by the way, I love The Rock, but it's just funny that he sees himself as having a thick skin. Uh, these decisions made by James and DC leadership represent their vision of the DCU through their creative lens. After 15 years of relentless hard work to finally make Black Adam, I'm very proud of the film we delivered to fans worldwide. I will always look back on the fan reaction to Black Adam with tremendous gratitude, humility, and love. We did great. Uh, and then he thanks some people and uh, have a productive week and happy holidays to your families. So, uh, okay, there's a bunch to dissect here. I, I think the thing that's most interesting to me is he says Black Adam will not be in the first chapter of the storytelling of the new DC universe. But then he says, however, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways to Black, Black Adam can be utilized in the future of the DC multiverse chapters. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means, Ben? I think it means that Black Adam's going to show up in DC League of Super Pets 2, and that's about <laughs> the extent of it. <laughs> so do you think this means the end is, uh, of Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam? Do you think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ever see him in the suit again? Ever again? I mean, that's tough, um, because I, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line, I think we're speculating in our Slack channel about like a big sort of multiversal thing where they could bring all of the Snyderverse people back in and, and you know, maybe The Rock and everybody who's ever worn a costume under the in a DC movie, basically. There's enough sort of multi if multiversal storytelling um, continues to be hugely popular, there is a world I can imagine where um, something like that happens in 
five, 10 years or something where like just everybody comes back and it's cameo central and like everyone loses their minds. Um, so, you know, it seems possible that he could come back for something like that, whether we're actually going to see, you know, uh, black Adam two, <laughs> that seems very unlikely, whether we're going to see that character pop up in a Shazam movie or something, or, as a villain in some other movie, I don't know. That kind of seems unlikely to me now. Uh, he's trying to put a happy face on this, but uh, reading between the lines it and with everything else that we know about what James Gunn and Peter Safran are doing, it just doesn't seem like there's room for, for the continuation of that character right now. Yeah, I think you pretty much said, summed up my thoughts on this too. I, I do think there is a chance that he could appear in a Shazam movie, but would... Dwayne Johnson want to appear in a Shazam movie that was titled Shazam something. Yeah. Like I feel like he has the ego that would want it to be a black Adam or, you know, Shazam versus black Adam or, you know, something like that. And I don't, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think so. Not right now anyway. And, and who even knows if like Shazam movies are going to continue on. It doesn't seem like they will, but maybe, maybe they will. I don't know. Well, speaking of which, Zachary Levi, who plays Shazam in the movies, was asked on Twitter by someone, uh, you know, I'll read this, uh, someone named Ash Winsky said, I want this not to be true because his Shazam is one one thing in the DCEU I would absolutely throw hands to protect. Zachary Levi is perfection. And I, she was retweeting I don't know, some uh, rumor that basically Shazam is not going to be in this new DCU. And Zachary Le Levi quote tweeted that and said, oh, I really wouldn't go believing everything you see on the internet. I'm Gucci, Ash. I'm we all Gucci. And I uh, did a emoji with the, the sunglasses and smiley face. So, Ben, what, what <laughs> does this mean that he has had like a meeting with James Gunn that he knows that they're going to keep his character in the dcu or what do you think this means um it's it's tough to say man especially with like they have a, a shazam movie that's coming out next year that's like basically locked and loaded from what i understand maybe they're still tweaking it a little bit but like yeah we've seen trailers this is a movie that is not going to be i don't think it's going to be like brushed under a rug or something so this is like the last vestiges uh of that the previous era so i don't know if that story is just going to completely wrap up the Shazam thing and it's going to tell everything it needs to tell and he's just messing with people or if it's a similar thing where like maybe Shazam shows up in animated form somewhere and he's involved with the character in that capacity, um, maybe with the, maybe, yeah, that, that, that's the only <laughs> thing I can think of that would make sense with what we know of what James Gunn's plan is right now. But what if this movie does like huge box office? Do you think... Do you think they're really going to call it quits? I do. I think, I think, I think you have to, I think you got to just like write off basically not write off, but like if, if um, Shazam Fury of the Gods becomes the number one movie of all time, that that's the only way I think that they might reconsider this because I think, I think you just have to clear the decks and, and, you know, wipe the slate clean and just do make these tough decisions. Like we've been talking about uh, over the past couple of weeks, um, in order to sort of create something new going forward. So I, I just don't think, I, I, I cannot imagine a world where uh, these characters from the previous era of DC have been um, sort of picked over by James Gunn and Peter Safran and said, okay, you, you're going to stay, you're going to go, whatever. 
I, I think it's it's going to be much easier for them in the the coming days, coming months, coming years to sort of finish out whatever con- contractual obligations they have with these people, whatever things that are already in production, whatever, um, and then maybe be able to sort of uh, grandfather in, you know, like Matt Reeves' Batman, for example, like maybe you can yeah. keep that going as a side thing. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see more Shazam after Fury of the Gods? I I don't know. I really think money talks to Zasloff. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, are they the head? Like it does, what, uh, I guess we'll get into that later, but um, <laughs> does, I don't know, when all these films come out and they're doing press for the films, I feel like it's going to be so sad because usually there's like the promise that this is like an exciting thing that's going to lead to more. And that's kind of like the the pitch with a lot of the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of be kind of like, oh, no, this is the end of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, speaking of hard decisions... Uh, James Gunn and Pete Saffron have had to make some hard decisions and they have not been met well with certain groups online who, you know, have been rooting for certain segments of the DCEU, including, you know, the Zack Snyder fans and the Snyderverse. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that they have to, a lot of hard decisions they had to make. And uh, Gunn recently took to Twitter to like respond to, uh, there's some outrage, I guess, would be a way of putting it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'll read his statement here, which I think is really, really well worded, well said. Um, he says, here's the quote. One of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind, to say the least. Our choices for the DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for the DC characters who've been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great, perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig, and we knew we would sometimes have to make difficult and not-so-obvious choices, especially in the wake of the fractious nature of what came before us but this means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians and helping to create a wide and wonderful future for dc i love this statement ben because it says things so elegant eloquently but also i feel like there's a few like little digs in here mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh you know the dc characters have been around for nearly 85 years kind of being like oh you know the spec that you're really you know concerned about has been only the last decade that's nothing compared to the you know the broad reach of what these characters are and have been and mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then um him saying that you know disrespectful outcry will never affect their actions he's basically saying like you know you could you could start your boycotts and do all that you know if, if you're going to be attacking people that's that's not going to result in anything Yeah, which is like, um, you know, you would think that every single studio would, uh, that that would be the baseline reaction for every studio. (laughs) But as we've seen over the past five years, um, people have actually been sort of bending over backwards to appease loud vocal segments of of, um, fandoms online. And it's it's been really wild to see how much... um, frankly power the the fan community has had to be able to shape 
the way that these things are are uh, told and distributed and all of that, like the Snyderverse, the uh, redesigning Sonic. I mean, it, it, there are so many examples of like um, things where fan outcry has actually resulted in like immediate change on a studio level, which is something that is new to me for as long as I've been covering this. So um, I'm really glad to see that James Gunn is basically like planting a flag in the sand or drawing a line in the sand or whatever you want to say. And just being like, yeah, that whole thing is not going to work when we're in charge. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Actually in a second, we're going to talk about uh, who is actually in charge of the DCU Uh, before, but before that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so fans have been wondering, you know, what does it mean to have James Gunn and Pete Saffron at the head of this DCU? Like, you know, obviously the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zasloff, uh, has has been under fire. Uh, You know, he canceled an entire movie. (laughs) uh, He's been moving stuff off. You you can't even watch Westworld. It's not even on HBO, but it's not anywhere. Right now, uh, it's, 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 I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere and they're going to make money off it. But uh, like, you know, it, it, there's been some criticism here. So, so people have been wondering, you know, will the studio interfere with the DCU like they have with the Snyderverse? And James Gunn actually responded. He, uh, here's his quote. The position is different than it was with Zack Snyder, etc. Peter and I are the heads of DC Studios. The only studio interference would be from us. Ben, do you think this is the uh, true? Do, do you think there's not going to actually be any studio interference from Warner Brothers Discovery? Yeah, that's really interesting. I would like to think that David Zaslav uh, made the decision to hire these guys because, you know, it's the thing that we've been talking about for years and years. DC needs its Kevin Feige. So the equivalent of Kevin Feige is now two people and they are James Gunn and Peter Safran. And I I would like to think that Zaslav knows enough to know what he doesn't know, which is to say, uh, I'm going to hire these two people who are, you know, much better equipped than I am to make these decisions. And I'm going to trust them to do the right thing for the extended longevity of this brand that, that I care so much about that I want to make so much money for my company. So I, you know, uh, if he's saying this, that makes me think he's had a conversation with uh, Zaslav and, and, you know, th- those boundaries have been clearly delineated and, and uh, hopefully Gunn feels empowered enough as a, a creative person in the, in this uh, business forward position to say this um, and, and actually like truly believe it. Um, whether or not David Zaslav actually holds to that, 
who knows? But uh, it's it's an encouraging thing to hear because it means that, um, you know, creative people are in charge of this instead of people who are purely crunching numbers, right? Yeah, I, I think my cynicism is in the fact that like, I'm sure Zaslav had told him this, but the minute that they have a box office bomb as part of this new DCU, I think you're going to start to see some interference from. Well, well I wonder how much of it would be like him not interfering. Uh, you know, let's say, yeah, there's a, a couple box office bombs or something like that. Maybe the the interference, such as it is, is just uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran getting fired or like their contract not being renewed yeah. or something. I, I'm not sure if Zaslav would actually go beyond that and and stick his fingers in the pie of all these different projects and like try to um you know put put his <laughs> finger on the scales and like like try to uh exercise control and and force them to make creative decisions that people didn't agree with and all that kind of stuff which i you know the previous regime say what you will about them but they had they didn't have people in this position i think walter hamada was like the president of production at DC or something. I don't remember what his official title was, but he was kind of in charge, but like not that there were still um, the, the previous way that the, that DC was structured was that there were more studio executives beyond just Walter Hamada who were making decisions. And James Gunn is making it sound like I, James Gunn and Peter Safran are the people who are making these decisions now. So uh, take that for what you will, I guess. It's also interesting. And by the way, I am all for, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran being ahead of DCU. I love James Gunn. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite uh, comic book movies of all time. Uh, it's uh, it's up there in my my favorite movies of all time. I, I love the fact that they're having creatives run the studios. That said, I need to bring up something I feel like nobody has brought up. James Gunn is writing a movie that he has the power to green light in May. Like it's, it kind of seems like a conflict of interest, doesn't it? Um, you, you know what well, I mean? Like, uh, like, like imagine like uh, if Steven Spielberg ran universal uh, pictures and he was like, you know, my next, pro- I don't know. It, it just feels like there's no oversight. If you're, if you're the one who's running it and you're also the one creating the project, I don't know. It seems like there's weirdness there to me. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, I'm not sure how much of that factored into him being hired at, yeah. you know, in that position as like a sort of um, a, an executive slash creative person as well. Like if that basically came with like the, the sort of tacit uh, understanding that like, hey, anything that you um, are creatively interested in that you want to make un- under this umbrella, go for it kind of deal. Um, but this Superman thing, I really think is because Superman is such an important part of the triumvirate of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, that like, really, if those characters are functioning well in the movies, then DC as a whole is probably doing okay. And I think Superman hasn't functioned super well, uh, sorry to say super again, (laughs) but (laughs) very well in a long time. And I think James Gunn is really like, his priority is to get that character back on track and by extension, get the, the the whole of DC sort of back where it needs to be or in where it needs to be in his mind. So 
the idea that he is is taking a personal stake in that and being like, I'm going to I'm going to do this one myself, um, <laughs> like to, to, to quote Thanos, you know, um, <laughs> I'm going to do this myself uh, makes sense to me. It makes sense that yeah. he would, you know, be put in this position and say, OK, I'm going to really get this thing started off on the right foot. Now, if, you know, five years from now, if he's green lighting. Um, you know, th- the most obscure DC shit that you've ever Suicide Squad heard. 3. <laughs> um, Peacemaker. <laughs> like thing, things on a massive scale, on a blockbuster scale, and he's, you know, writing or directing all of it. And uh, then I think we can have this conversation. But for right now, I feel like yeah. we should we should probably give him enough leeway to get this thing up and running in the way, in, in any way, really, and just sort of see how it goes from there and then reassess. But that's my feeling on it. Yeah, and before anybody writes in, I, I realized after I said it that my comparison of uh, it's like Steven Spielberg if he ran Universal Pictures is basically Steven Spielberg creating DreamWorks, and so yeah, so it, it, yeah, it, it happened. Okay, anyways, uh, let's move on to one final story for today, and uh, this is James Gunn commenting on the plans for Elseworld DC project. So if you don't know what Elseworlds is. In the comics, there's stuff that's part of the main DC uh, canon uh, that's all the connected universe. And then there's Elseworlds stories, which are side stories that don't take place in the same universe. Like uh, they tell not necessarily like what if style stories. I mean, it can be that, but it's stuff that is like completely different and could not be combined in any way because it involves, you know, Superman landing in Russia or, you know, instead of America. Like, so it's like a different uh, version of the canon. So anyways, uh, yes. Someone on Twitter asked if he, if Gunn was open to producing any Elseworlds DC projects that aren't set in the DCU to which James Gunn responded, that is actively happening. Uh, So I wanted to ask you, Ben, what does this mean? Does this mean that they are going to be doing actual Elseworlds adaptations? Or does this mean that he, is he talking about the Matt Reeves Batman movies and the Joker sequel or it, what is, what is he saying here? Yeah. The, the, uh, re, the phrasing of this is really interesting, right? That any Elseworlds DC projects that aren't set in the DCU, he's talked a lot about video games being part of this larger story. So I wonder if, Mm. him saying you know that that's actually being worked on is just uh a video game thing and and he's just sort of playing a game knowing that uh people are gonna have conversations like like this one when they read a quote like that um or you bring up a good point like does he consider the matt reeves batman movies or the joker sequel to be uh elseworlds like i i don't think he's going to be able to establish that brand in time and and like uh, educate the the movie going public about what that is in time to actually slap that as a label yeah. on those movies before they come out since they're supposed to come out like I think next year or relatively soon anyway the, the Batman might be 2024 but um or actually I don't know if that that one has a date regardless um yeah but the question is how do you differentiate those movies how do you let the public know that there's this connected dc universe and then there's these stories that are outside of it i feel like hollywood in the recent years have been all over the place they're like oh uh you know they're not going to understand that this movie about the origin of han solo is not part of the skywalker saga so we're gonna have to put solo you know a star wars story like are they going to do anything? Are they going to put a Elseworlds 
uh, opening sequel? Like, what should they do? Because it's going to be confusing, right? Yeah, I the the first idea that came into my mind, which I'm going to tell you right now, re- regrettably, um, is not. <laughs> A very smart one, but it's because I'm not a, a marketing professional and I don't really know the answer of how to do this. But by the way, the ben, first thing I, I, I love any any theory that starts with something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the first uh, vision that popped into my head was like for every trailer for a movie like that um, that you want to put in this Elseworlds thing, you can start it off with like a few clips of previous. DC stuff and already I'm saying even as I'm saying this out loud it makes (laughs) it it makes things way complicated right because like those clips would have to be of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and like she might not be Wonder Woman anymore anyway go with me here on this Peter Uh, you show you know every trailer for something like this starts with like five seconds of just clips from previous DC movies and then you have the same voiceover person Every time, let's just pretend it's Morgan Freeman saying, uh, you know, something like, um, you know, this is the DC universe over here in this other corner and then just show the rest of the trailer for something else. You know what I mean? Like uh, something like that, where it's like um, explicit in the marketing itself that it is uh, a different corner of, of the storytelling world. Will that work? Would that be a good idea? Probably not, but that's what I got right now. So um, I don't know. Do you have any ideas about how they could do this well? I don't know outside of having like a different brand, but I'm not sure if the word Elseworlds is something you can kind of make uh, a brand name to the general public. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. weird. I don't know what you would have to come up with something else, I think. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. I would, I would love to hear from the listeners if they have any yeah. good ideas about this. I would, I would love that. Uh, have you read any of uh, the DC Elseworlds? Is, is there any favorites that you have? I feel like I read um, Red Sun probably 15 years ago or something and don't remember it super well. Um, and I've not really dug into that whole corner of, of comicdom. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, so that's the one where instead of... Um, Kal-El landing in Kansas, he lands in Russia during uh, during the war? The Cold War? Cold I War, right? I think. Yeah, I think it was set during then. Uh, and it's basically like, you know, what would Superman be if he had grown up in a different country under different ideals? And, you know, what what world would be created out of that? And I think that would be great to do now as a movie, but... Maybe you can't because of the current situation with Russia. I don't know. Uh, it does would that prevent that from happening? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't I think, think so. you can. I don't think you can touch anything uh, like that right now, given the the yeah. uh, global uh, political situation. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. Uh, I would love to see them do, but I don't think they're going to do it because they're already doing a Superman movie, a young Superman movie with uh, James Gunn, and they're also doing J.J. Uh, Abrams developing a Superman thing. But uh, there was this comic called Superman Secret Identity, which I don't think was actually an Elseworlds story, but it was about a kid who was uh, lived in Kansas, who was born to uh, some parents that had the last name Kent, and he grew up being uh, mocked because he was named Clark. So he was named Clark Kent. And, you know, they they have this comic book named Superman. And one day he realizes he has superpowers. It, it, it was it was a great story. I highly recommend checking it out. But uh, another couple of the ones that people love are Gotham by Gaslight, which was like 
Batman in like the 1800s, Kingdom Come, which was an Alex Ross uh, illustrated awesome epic, and the Golden Age, which was like the Justice League set in the Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know what 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 of those you could do. I I think I have to think that he's talking about the Batman sequels and the Joker sequels. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I looked at a list of Elseworlds titles just to prepare for this. And man, there are so many. I was not aware that this was like such a huge sprawling uh, part of of like the whole DC imprint or whatever. Um, But two Batman uh, stories jumped out at me just because I think they would be really ridiculous and and kind of fun. Um, One of them is from 1993 and it's called Batman Batman Houdini, The Devil's Workshop. And the the quick logline is Batman teams up with Harry Houdini to fight child stealing vampires in 1907 which like absolutely yes sign me up for that i would love to see that how have um, i not read that i don't know from yeah from the early 90s that one sounds pretty awesome i would love to see uh whoever they cast as harry houdini i mean there's just like and child stealing vampires like early 1900s so many elements i love in that um and then the other one that really made me laugh that i was like i have to just read this aloud word for word on the podcast because peter's going to enjoy this is uh from 2000 there was a comic called batman lobo and we're just talking about like jason momoa potentially playing lobo in the dc universe i don't know imagine him and uh robert pattinson when when you uh picture this in, in your head here so i'm gonna i'm gonna jason read momoa to being like the 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 funny in in robert pattinson being like the straight guy the straight man yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i'm gonna read you the the synopsis here uh this is from wikipedia by the way in a severely twisted version of gotham the joker hires the infamous main man lobo to take out the dark knight after Lobo kills everyone close to Batman, the Joker is forced to call him off after the revelation that the Joker is Batman's long-lost twin, Joey Wayne. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, just the the pure chaos of that has me wanting to see what they could do with something like that. But yeah, I mean, you can you can scour the entire uh like uh, any any list of Elseworlds titles and yeah. just let your mind race at like the potential for what they could do if James Gunn is being serious about actually developing this stuff on, you know, a, a huge uh scale like like a lot of these movies are. My my guess is a lot of the stuff is probably just going to be relegated to video games um or maybe some animated stuff, but uh yeah that's where we are i guess yeah you, you never know because we talked about that uh gg we mentioned that gg abrams uh, is developing a superman movie and i'm pretty sure that's set out of outside of the dcu where the james gunn thing is probably set inside the dcu mm-hmm. uh so maybe that's what he's talking about i don't know yeah could be anyways uh you can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com you can find this podcast published every weekday on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps Please subscribe to our newsletter. Link in the show notes. Please send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter.slashfilm.com and write and read this podcast and Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on the next one. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.